Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show. I am just so glad to be here with you today. Today we are chatting with Jerry Dugan of Beyond the Rut Podcast, and I am really excited to share this episode with you because I do think we all experience seasons and cycles of feeling stuck. And we know how frustrating it is when you are stuck in a season, stuck in a job, stuck in just your own state of confusion, stuck in the monotony, stuck in the rigidity. And we are all longing for this feeling of just flow in our lives and joy and abundance. And so he is shedding some light on the topic, giving us practical tips to help us get unstuck in so many areas of our lives. So take a listen. All right, Jerry, thanks for being here. I'm so excited about our conversation today. This is going to be really fun. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. And uh, I don't know, I'm kind of nervous. It's weird. I've been podcasting for a long time, but I always get nervous before these things. Uh, I probably shouldn't have opened it up with that, but too late. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> well, I I love so much of the work that you do. And, you know, for our listeners, you know, Jerry, you've got a podcast called, called Beyond the Rut. And I, I feel like this season of life has really shooken us all at our core. And I think if we were ever in a rut before, we are now in a rut times a thousand. <laughs> And I think we don't even know where to start or where to begin. And so I, I'm just excited to get to know the story behind yeah. the podcast <laughs> and just a little bit about like, let's just talk ruts for a second. So if you don't mind, give our listeners a little bit about you and the story behind yeah. the podcast. All right. So yeah, Beyond the Rut podcast is a show about inspiring people to get unstuck in life in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. There was just this calling on my heart to help men live an authentic life, uh, to live their best life. And, and I just noticed that a lot of the men I knew growing up and a lot of the men I knew at the time and still know today, uh, we kind of walk around with like this facade of what we think manhood should be. You know, we got to be this tough guy. We got to be strong all the time. Uh, yet deep down inside, we're, we're vulnerable. We're, we're weak. Mm-hmm. We're broken. Uh, we, we have fears and concerns, but we just don't know how to communicate that to our spouses, to our children, to our fellow man. Some impact somewhere that's starting to manifest, and then we just find ourselves falling apart, families falling apart, and then we, we scramble to try to patch it together with Band-Aids when, you know, deep down inside, it's something within ourselves that just needs to be addressed. So that's that's me in a nutshell of what drives me and, um, you know, what brought Beyond the Rut about was uh, a friend of mine named Brandon Cunningham. He's the, the original founder of the show. He's kind of the, the idea man behind the whole thing. Good friend of mine for the last 16 years. I uh, know him through church. We were core leaders uh, in a men's ministry together. And yeah, he just called me up one day and said, hey, let's go to lunch. I've got an idea I want to bounce off of you. And of course, when he said that, I was thinking, great, he's going to tell me about multi-level marketing. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but at least get a lunch out of it. Okay, so I, I met him at a Schlotsky's, and then we had a, because uh, <laughs> that's kind of the opener, right? Like, hey, I got an opportunity I need to discuss with you. I'm like, ah, oh, great. Yeah. I think you'd be a great fit for this. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's what the last guy said for something else. And somebody else thought I could sell makeup. It was really weird. I don't know where that came from. She thought I could do it. So, uh, so I, I'm sitting down with him for lunch, and another friend of ours is present. And Brandon just shares with us uh, that, you know, he's been working as a pastor at another church and uh, he just gets asked the same questions over and over and over again. And they're the same questions we got asked to us when we were at a men's ministry together at a previous church. And 
it would just be great if we could record these conversations and have them available for men to hear day in mm. and day out. And so for the next nine months, the three of us argued about what the show should look like, what it should be of called, course. what the <laughs> format will be. And our wives eventually said to us, look, if y'all don't launch anything in the next week or two, you're going to have to stop playing with each other. Just go do the work. Stop thinking about the work. Just go <laughs> do the work. <laughs> we got scolded like little boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we ourselves were ironically in a rut because we were waiting for perfect conditions. We were waiting for everything to be just right. And then we were going to launch. And in podcasting, it's a very forgiving format. You know, people aren't, most people quit after about seven episodes. I think it's even less now because of all the podcasts that started during the pandemic. Uh, but the internet doesn't really notice your podcast exists until about episode 20. So we just kind of realized, wait, we just need a launch. And Let's do something. So Start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what are the first 20 or practice episodes? Nobody's ever going to really go back and look unless they become a fanatical follower of the show. And uh, every so often we'll we'll pull up an episode just to make ourselves cringe. But other than that, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't reference those first 20 episodes. Um, so the show Beyond the Rut uh, is about living a life of significance out of that rut you might feel you're stuck in. And... There are five circles of our lives that we we talk about, or five buckets in a sense. Uh, our faith in something greater than ourselves, our own families, our fitness, because if we're not healthy, then we're falling apart. Our finances, uh, because most arguments in a marriage tend to be about money. Uh, most fears and concerns about the future tend to be around money, or at least that's the subject. And then just our outlook on future possibility, you know, whether or not we believe we can do better in life. Uh, says a lot about whether or not we do better in life. And uh, what we discovered with all the men that we would come across in our ministries that something was always falling apart in one of those five buckets. And it was having an impact on the other four. And mm -hmm. if we could just speak to those, then maybe we could help somebody. We can inspire somebody to shore up some some shortcomings or address some shortcomings and and bring that circle or that bucket up to where it needed to be. And what we found in the last five and a half years is that 50% uh, of our audience are, uh, so we're targeting men very specifically, men in their 30s and 40s, married, children, great corporate job. Yet five and a half years later, uh, 49 to 51% of our audience are strong, independent women who are just killing it. That is so interesting. <laughs> so, uh, we're like, you know, hey, so what? Half, half the... Yes. Uh, so there's something that we've been talking about that just resonates with women as well. And we just roll with it. And... Uh, now, to this day, it's just me doing a show. Uh, Sean had to you know, shift gears early on and, and focus on career and some other things. And, and then Brandon just recently retired from the show about uh, three months ago. And uh, it's his focus uh, as a pastor and as a grandfather now. He wasn't a grandfather when we started this, but now he's got five grandkids. He just thinks. Uh, he needs to shift gears. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, he had to be true to the show and focus on what mattered most to him. So, yeah, I carry the torch on to this day. It is really interesting. You know, something you said is you, every one of those areas bleeds over to the other area. It's when, you know, our finances are off, it bleeds over into sometimes our, our faith or lack thereof, or, you know, when our faith is off, it, you know, triggers all these other pieces. And I think we forget that we are these holistic human beings. We are mind, body, soul. And we, you know, tend to just focus on 
oh, I just need to work on this, or I just need to work on the thing that's broken. If my finances are off, I need to work there. If I'm feeling unhealthy, I need to work on my health. If, you know, my marriage is struggling, I need to work on my marriage, but we forget that they are all so interrelated. And in order for us to feel balanced, we have to be, my husband and I kind of talk about like turning all the dials constantly. It's almost like you got this, all these dials and you have to be kind of resetting, stepping back and looking, okay, what needs to be adjusted, but making sure that they're all within a healthy range. If not, you know, you start to see things, yes. I think tend to slide back a lot more. That is, and that's also so interesting about so many women, you know, tuning in. I, I think that I'm just wondering like why, right. But I, I think so many women are very motivated. I think today, you know, women are motivated in different ways to start their own things or even just growth. I think you're seeing a lot of shifts with dads at home. I think women are trying to figure out what is next, what is next and how do I also like better understand my spouse. And so I think that's great though, that you've got a pretty good 50, 50 split audience because right. They all feed, it all feeds each other. <laughs> At the end of the yeah, day, I think exactly. we're all just yeah. trying to, to grow together. So that's awesome. And what about like those five topics? How how did you kind of hone in on those specific five? Uh, the short story is nine months of argument. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually just, uh, over those nine months though, we would have discussions with Brandon. Just what are some of the stories you do get every Sunday when you're you know, pastoring at your church? And what's the latest story that came up? And he would just unpackage it. You know, this gentleman came up to me and he's talking about uh, how he just doesn't know if God is really out there and has a purpose for him and a plan and uh, just struggling with, you know, how do I attach my life to something bigger than myself? And so that would be one theme that we noticed over time. And in that one, it wasn't so much about prayer time or you know, Bible study time or, you know, being a part of a men's group or anything like that. It was a lot to do with just that inner inner belief that there is something greater than myself out there that I can be a part of and have some significance in that way. You know, having faith that, um, you know, there's a spiritual side to my life that, mm -hmm. you know, whether or not somebody was Christian, uh, you know, all, all three of us who founded the show just happen to be Christian. However, we've had folks on the show who are not, and they still had a spirituality they were able to recognize. So being in tune with that was very important, uh, who you are in spirit, who you want to be, uh, what's that bigger purpose that you want your life to strive towards. Uh, the second one around family. So it's kind of neat the way we stack them, uh, both sequentially in priority, but then also at the core of it. And so when I go through all five, fitness is in the center uh, for a reason. Uh, it's kind of the the thing that holds it all together, but sequentially, you know, priority for us was our faith is top priority. Then our family falls into place because uh, for us, the three of us, uh, the closer we felt to God, to Jesus, to um, truly authentically being, you know, humble and vulnerable, we were able to present ourselves to our family as the father or the husband that my, our families needed. And uh, so I, I find, you know, that the more connected I am with, you know, my higher power, then the more vulnerable I can be in front of my kids, in front of my wife, and then they open up, and then the connection I have among my family is just much deeper and much more enriched than if I kept my mask on and my walls up. So uh, that's why those two are in that order. And then, you know, family, of course, because of all the relationships I can have, in the end, what's going to matter to me most is my family. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, brushes with death when I was in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And I think it just kind of opened my eyes. Like, you know what? If I died right now, I don't care about any awards I might have. I don't mm -hmm. care if I could, you know, do one more deployment. You know, 
I'd like to see my family. And then that made me really think about, you know, let's say I make it through this and, you know, I live to like, I don't know, 95. That's you know, 105. There we go. Let's, look, let's get a bigger number out there. You know, medicine's getting better and better. Um, on my deathbed, am I going to be happy that I spent, you know, those extra hours in the office or am I going to be happy that I'm surrounded by people who love me and that I love them? And, you know, who are those people? You know, is it the, the person I know on social media or is it the, the people I lived with every single day? Um, and so that's why family is where it is on that roster. I think that's so good, though, because I think, too, you know, I I feel like for so many people, exactly what you just said, like, we don't zoom out for a second and say, in the grand scheme of things, when I look back and reflect on my life, what is going to matter? All we see is what's in front of us, and we make these, you know, mountains out of anthills in our lives, and we place priority in so many of the wrong places, Mm -hmm. and no one ever looks back at their life and says, gosh... I wish I would have spent less time with my family, but yet day to day, our actions yeah. tend to show uh, that. <laughs> yes. I worked at home for a while as a realtor from 2006 to about 2010. And I probably could have made more money if I was willing to say, not now kids, I'm working you know, every time they went to play. And I mean, there were times where I had to do that. Maybe I was writing a contract or setting up appointments, uh, but I was really good. I think about telling them, Hey, you know, Dad's got to do this real quick, but as soon as I'm done, let's play. And I would spend the next hour with them. And it would kind of make my wife mad because she'd kind of come home from work at the time and be like, Jerry, you're just playing video games? I'm like, I'm bonding with my son. Tell her, tell her. And he'd shrug his shoulders like, he wanted to play. I'm like, you sold me out, kid. (laughs) So even in that betrayal for my own son, my favorite son, um, I don't regret those moments. You know, the yeah, not not earning that extra commission. You know, somebody out there is going to be like, "Well, how could you do that? If you loved your family, you'd go earn it, um, earn that commission, and spend time with them later." But something I just realized, probably because of Operation Iraqi Freedom, is you don't get to hit rewind on life. You know, there is no, you know, uh, you know, I'll do this now and then I'll make it up to my kids later. It's like no, <laughs> when you make that choice you know, to do work or to work on a project and it comes at the cost of spending time with your family. That's it. You, you made that decision. There is no going back. There is no making it up to them. You just got to own that you did that and, uh, you know, make it better the next time. But there, yeah, there's never any rewind button in life. And so why do you think that people can't tend to see that? Like, why do you think that even though in their minds, people say relationships, are the one thing that in the end is going to matter. Right. And why do you think that in the moment, the distractions and the work, like, why do you think that takes priority? I think there's a variety of reasons. Uh, I think we're socialized to think that way, you know, that uh, you you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, you retire, and then that's when you can have fun. So a lot of that I've seen ingrained, uh, at least in generations like Gen X and prior. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, I think another part of it is just the pressure to provide for the family. There's a fear of, I don't do this, I could lose my job. If I don't do this, I might not be in the running for a promotion, uh, which would, uh, you know, provide for a better house or, you know, pay off the credit card. Maybe somebody's in debt, so that finance bucket, you know, maybe somebody's in debt and they just got to pay those bills and, you know, 
the idea of not being able to pay those bills is overwhelming and stressful. So I think that plays a role as well. And I don't know, maybe there's a fear of just being vulnerable with your family. Yeah. That just came to mind. (laughs) I never thought of that. I think that's really, I mean, I think that that, you know, that is a really big piece. I think vulnerability with others. I, I once heard it said, you know, when you let people into your life, your life can become that much richer. And I don't know when or why or how we started putting up walls. And, and I do feel like, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, men kind of compartmentalize things and it's like, this is, you know, where I think women have all these open walls into their life. And, and so it is kind of an interesting clash, but I think when we let our guards down and let our walls down and let people pour into our life and let people know, you know, what we're going through, I think, especially in a marriage, right? Like your spouse is there to support you and to help you thrive and grow and, you know, become a better you. Right. And I feel like we don't give our spouses so often that opportunity to say, but here's what I'm really struggling with. There's always a layer deeper. And I feel like if we could just be more vulnerable and say what we're really struggling with, it's not necessarily that, you know, we don't want this or we don't have that. It's deeper root issue. And I think we were so scared to expose our just sin nature. So it is, it is really interesting. I feel like my husband and I have talked a lot about that. When you open up those pockets in your life and, and let people in, you become better, your marriage becomes better and the people around you become better, but it's so hard to get unstuck from that thinking. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, in all the people that you have had the opportunity to, to interview and to, to talk with on your podcast, have you had any just aha moments for just your own learning that you said, wow, uh-huh. that's just any that, that stick out of how people have, have gotten unstuck or how they help people get unstuck? Yeah. Oh man. Um, almost every episode <laughs> there's, uh, I've, I've had a lot. That. That, uh, you know, I'm listening to the guest and I'm, you know, especially when we had two of us hosting the show, I would look over at Brandon like this, this take notes, man, we got, we got to do this. <laughs> and, um, but some of the folks who stand out to me, one is a guy named Eric Giuliani. Uh, he has a website called Travel Tall and he was an education consultant at the time when I was an education consultant. So uh, kind of different roles, like his was more like textbook sales and learning platform sales, whereas mine was more learning and development for Christus Health. And he just kind of looked up one day in his, I think, late 20s, early 30s. I think it was his early 30s. And just realized he had never left his hometown. You know, he, he grew up there, went to college there, got a job there, never really traveled the world. And here he is selling books. I mean, he was traveling now because of his job, but it was just going to these little towns selling textbooks and then going back home. And he just thought, you know, I go to these towns and I never get to visit them. And hmm. as I learn more about these places, I'm learning about other places that exist. And I'd like to take some time off to, to see that. And his job told him, no, <laughs> like you, you can't take time off. We need you to get out there and sell. So he took a leave of absence. They said, all right, go ahead and take a month, go do your thing in Thailand. And when you get back, we'll get you back to work. So he did. Except when he got back, they said, you know, we needed stuff done and you weren't here. So we, we went ahead and replaced you. And he was like, oh. Wow. And so he had a crossroad there. And that I think that's the key thing. Like he had a crossroads. And a lot of us will just say, oh, geez, I need to go get a job. And then we just get ourselves right back into that rat race. 
And Eric had this complete turnaround where he said, you know what? I really enjoyed that one month in Thailand. And what I'd really love to do, at least for the next five to 10 years of my life, is travel and see the world and meet the people in it and document it in video and pictures and blog posts. There's got to be a way to do this for a living. So he did his homework, found out you know, he, had, he had enough money saved up, too. So that's another lesson. If your finances are done in such a way that you can actually have a nest egg for six to 12 months, you can make a life change decision like this. And um, so he worked there. He got there. Uh, didn't know how to do photography. Didn't own a camera. But he signed up for a class. And he showed up to the class. There's eight students. He's one of the eight students. He's the only one who doesn't have a camera in that class. Everybody else has these, like, DSLR cameras with windows and bags. And they're talking tech expects with each other and he's looking at each you know everybody and he's like looking at his iphone like i got an iphone too <laughs> <laughs> it's got a camera on it that's that's what i came here with and uh, his teacher saw him and said you know this is probably somebody who's going to get the concepts of photography better than anybody else Interesting. because he, yeah because he has nothing else to work with but the, the weakest camera in the room so lighting's going to matter camera angles are going to matter shot composition is going to matter and sure enough, he became the best student there, took another class with that teacher, bought a camera off that teacher, and then he hit the road. Traveled for three years around the world, never used a plane for his travel. So water, uh, so boats, trains, buses, taxis, bicycles. How cool is that? Yeah. And uh, just that freedom, like he did it, you know, like he had it on his, his mind and his desire to go do it. He had a vision for it. He had money set aside to get it started. And then... He used a passion of his, which was photography, got good at it. So between the first class and actually leaving, he would get up at, at six in the morning every day and take pictures of the sunrise and pictures of flowers as the sun was rising and just practice his craft in the background. So when he launched that first trip to South Africa, Johannesburg, um, he bartered, you know, three nights stay. I'll take photos and video for your website. Uh, you let me stay for free. And that's what he did. And he went to the next town the same way. And he that for three years he just bartered video and photos for you know that that hotel's website. And so that one stands out to me because he had a dream. That is and, really incredible. Yeah, and he just did it. Like there was no what if, there was no but. There, it, it was like there's only one direction. It's forward. I think it's like two big things. I mean, stick out to me, right? Like there there is always a way. I think when you were so wired to think that there is one way and there's a lot of ways you just got to be yeah. creative and tap into the side of the brain that we forget that we have sometimes <laughs> and think yeah. about, you know, how can I make this happen? And even just the camera example, you know, I think if we could all just have a life of, of learning and not try to feel like we have all the answers or we're five steps ahead, but even if we already know some of the content, anything we walk into, it's like, how can I just really show up as I am just here to soak it all in, <laughs> soak it all in and, and relearn the way that I have learned it. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, one thing that uh, a pastor of mine always says is that what you need to get to the next level in your life, whether it's your career or your, the, the life quality you want, you already have what you need to get there. Mm. And so taking a step back and take, take an inventory of what you already have now, your strengths, your skills, your talents, your resources and starting from there and then looking up and looking forward to see where you want to go and just take the first step. And I think you said something similar in another conversation we had where you talk about 
taking a look at where you are, starting from where you are, and then going forward to where you desire to be. Yeah. And I think there's some similarity there. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything we need, we already have. And I think in, especially in American culture, I think we tend to think everything that I need, I don't have. Yeah. And I can totally see how that puts us in the rut where it's, I'm, I'm stuck because I, everything that I need, <laughs> I just don't have. And it's like, no, it's actually quite the opposite. It just, it takes some real creativity and thought and faith. Think that any of us are born ill-equipped for life. I think we're all born equipped, but yeah. I think the world tells us that maybe we're not equipped the way that so-and-so did it or has it or looks like they have it. And so in our mind, that tells us I'm not capable. Yeah. <laughs> You're too much further ahead. It's too far away. It's like, no, you actually are because you have your own way of doing it. <laughs> yes. And for somebody who thinks they do have it hard, you know, that in a way they're blessed with a crucible that other people don't have. You know, that, you know, that person who had a rough upbringing as a child probably is going to understand empathy or practice empathy better than others. Uh, you know, they're going to strive to be compassionate towards others because people weren't compassionate to that person while growing up. You know, somebody who's been to war, you know, I guess you could go one of two ways. <laughs> you, you really love it and you go down that dark path or you say, you know what, I'd like to create a world where we don't have to send our children off to war because that one sucked, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I think what we have to make the world a better place, we already have within us and around us. And yeah, like we've been saying, just shifting our mindset to see how we can leverage those resources towards that, that end. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, or just like any practical, you know, tips or advice that you apply to your own life on anyone who is stuck in any of those areas, whether it's your faith or your finances or, or, you know, any of those like fitness, like what is a good practical step that maybe you've done and tried or, or some of your guests have shared that you think might be able just to help some of our, our listeners. I think the number one thing that's helped me is making time to think about my life. And good. we're always so busy that, you know, we're, we're in that rut. We're in that rat race because we're not slowing down to really look around. And, uh, you know, I, I do backpacking. I like ultralight backpacking. And, um, you know, people think I'm nuts for it that, you know, not only do I go out in the woods and sleep out there and eat out there and do other things out there, I go out there with the lightest pack possible. And people are like, well, what if it's dark? I'm like, well, I have a headlamp. What if, uh, you know, you get thirsty? Well, I have a water filter and I find where the lakes, rivers, and ponds are and I filter it. What if, I'm like, yeah, I got that figured out. <laughs> um, what about this? What about a gun? Do you need a gun? You need a gun. I'm like, I don't need a gun. I, I got a hiking stick and most animals are going to stay away from me. It's the people I got to worry about, but I avoid them too. And it's just, we tend to pack our fears in, in a sense. And so that's just kind of a philosophy there. But what a, I want to say to land this plane, because <laughs> you asked for a practical tip. Uh, one thing I do every year at the end of the year is I take a day. It's just, and I arrange it with my family already. And I take a day to just spend by myself. And I reflect on everything that uh, I accomplished in the previous year. And I, I chalk up all the wins. I'm like, awesome. And then I take a look. Uh, where do I want to be five years from now? And I do create these buckets for faith, family, fitness, finances, and 
you know, the future stuff. What do I want the future to look like? And so that's five years out. And then I just backtrack it. So at year four, what do I need to have in place? Year three, year two. Now we're at year one. So this is what I'm going to work on between January and December. What are the big milestones to get me forward? And then what, is that, what does that look like each month, each week, each day? And I have that all planned out. It's very nerdy. And even if I don't look at that again for another month, that whole day gives me a chance to, to really appreciate what I have done in the past year. Give me something to look forward to. And I, cause I have years where I didn't touch that plan all year. And I look at it again at the end of the year and I realize just by going through that activity, I accomplished like half the stuff on that list and the other half really turned out to be not that important after all. And so, uh, that I think is the number one practical thing. So if you haven't done this yet, if you haven't created a life plan for yourself, take a day make a day happen. Don't say I'm too busy. Make it, your life is important. Make it important by giving yourself this day and take a look back. What have you done so far? Where are you today? Where do you want to be a year from now? If you just want to start with that and give it a shot and look at that plan, ideally once every month, once a quarter, um, I think I look at mine once every six months, to be honest. (laughs) But I've also put in place like a morning routine uh, that you know, I, I have some time for silence. I give myself some affirmations. I do a little bit of exercise. I read. I journal a little bit. And that helps me grow as well. So I think, yeah. I think that's a really big thing is just creating the space, whatever that is for you. If it's, if it's in the morning, if it's you know, scheduling the day, I think especially for people who work, right? You save your days for vacation or for when your kids are sick. Yeah. And... I feel like just taking a day just for you, like actually take a day off and whatever that capacity looks like, but create space in your life for, to invest in yourself. But I think we invest in the lives of so many people in our, in our work and in our home, obviously, right. Family is a big one, but how do we take that time to just time out of our lives for a second and, and just look into our lives and say, okay, when we look back on our lives, when we look into our lives, what do we see and what do we want to see? I think that's, I think that's really important. I feel like our, our family tries to do that every new year as we do a little family retreat and it's, it's just fun. And, yeah. you know, but just taking a moment to, to reflect. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, it's such a waste of time. You go away for three days and, you know, we just go somewhere here in East Texas and settle family camp and they, you know, do stuff with the kids while they do stuff with the parents and, and it's just a really great time to journal out, you know, everything that you actually did accomplish, or, you know, it's so hard to see a lot of those things or big milestones that, that did happen. And, you know, it's, it's just a nice reflection and a time to say, okay, you know, these are things we need to be grateful for that maybe we forgot to be grateful for Yeah. <laughs> and things that did happen. And, you know, what are big things that we want this year for, for our lives, for our kids, for our marriage and the work that we do. So I think that's, that's a great practical tip is just create the space. If you don't schedule it, my philosophy is like, it's not scheduled. It's not going to happen. You will find every excuse not to do something for yourself in that kind of capacity, the space to just think and journal and write and reflect that is an investment. Yes. (laughs) That is a huge investment. Other thoughts around, you know, just being, you know, getting unstuck, getting unstuck in life that you want to share or. I think probably the, the one thing is we only have one life 
and it's too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. It's just not worth it. So may as well. Yeah. Take that leap of faith, make your own path and live the life you always dreamed of living. Oh, that's so great. Thanks for sharing. This is, this has just been a really good reset for me. I think really inspiring to really think about you. Know, where are those five buckets of life and how can I maybe turn up or turn down the dial and, and you know, really think big picture, but small steps. Yeah. So one of the things I love to ask my guests at the end of, of every interview is just, you know, what does success look like to you? You know, I feel like you see a lot of different areas of, of life. And I think our society tells us success is, is one thing, but I love hearing that it's not, it's unique to each person. And I'd love to hear your thoughts just around success. Um, I think this is going to sound morbid, uh, but you know, I guess I was in the army, so there we are. But uh, I think my measure of success, I will never get to see. And uh, it's going to be, I guess, evaluated by my kids and my grandkids um, and my wife, assuming that she lives longer than me. Uh, So yeah, my measure of success is going to be how many people come to my funeral and what do they say about me after I'm gone? And how are their lives different, not just in their own lifetime, but all the lives that follow them? So. Yeah, I'll never get to see that. But uh yeah, just I'm going to live in a way where you know, in some wishful way I get to kind of eavesdrop or be a fly on the wall or maybe look down from heaven and say, "Ah, okay, I did okay." But yeah, the reality is I'm I'm not going to see what my success looked like. Well, Jerry, I have to tell you, that's the first definition of success that's brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's, you know, it's, just a whole different definition, but this is definitely the first one that really brought tears to my eyes. It's like the, the impact you leave behind that, that you don't even, you don't even see in the everyday. You don't see all that investing in those conversations when you need to be doing this and you want to be doing this, but instead you choose those things. Like you said, you might, you might never see it, but just trusting that it was, it was worth that investment and worth that impact, that success. Yeah, I think that's the essence of living for something bigger than yourself is you're not going to see it. Yeah. Well, Jerry, now I'm choked thanks up. For, thanks for inspiring <laughs> us today. And, you know, thanks for leaving us on that note of just taking a moment to think about the impact and what really matters in the end and helping us to just reset today. So where can people find you, Jerry? Uh, let's see. My website is beyondtherut.com. And there you'll find links to all our episodes, all the different social media platforms that I'm on. Uh, you know, you like texting. I've got a Google voice number there. You can text. I got an email address there. Uh, if you just want to listen to the show and download it to your phone, we're on Apple podcasts, um, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, even, uh, and then all the obscure third party off brand <laughs> platforms. Uh, it's syndicated pretty darn well. <laughs> Well, thanks for creating a platform to, you know, just help meet people where they're at and help get people out of their ruts so that people can live the one life that we do have and the gift that we do have on this earth. And I'm grateful for your time today and the impact you left on my life. So excited to share this episode and just to stay tuned for everything that's to come with Beyond the Rut. So thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you, Annika. I don't know about you, but I am always encouraged and inspired and open to welcoming any advice on getting unstuck in any area of my life. So this was really encouraging for me to really think about 
where I am with faith and family and fitness and finances and just openness to future possibilities. So hope this was encouraging for you too. If you missed any of today's truths and takeaways, here they are. Number one, don't wait for perfect conditions. Just go, just do. Number two, if you're feeling stuck, assess your faith, fitness, family, finances, and future possibilities. The more connected you are to the things that matter, the better you can show up for the people and the things that matter most. Number three, you don't get to hit rewind on life. There is no going back, no rewind button. Number four, set up your finances for six to 12 months of income so that if and when a crossroad comes, you can be ready to welcome adventure. Number five, you don't always need the fancy gadgets. You need the passion, the interest, the commitment, and the creative mind to make it happen and to always be a learner. Number six, be in tune with who you are in spirit. Who do you want to be and what's the bigger purpose you want your life to strive for? Number seven, there's only one direction and it is forward. Number eight, you already have what you need. We are all born and equipped for what we're meant to do. We have what we need to make a world a better place. It's within us and it's around us. Number nine, your life is important. Make it important by giving yourself a day. Make time to think about your life, a day to just reflect, chalk up the wins, think about where you want to be in your future and reverse into how to make that happen. Number 10, the essence in living for something bigger than yourself is that you aren't always going to see the impact. And lastly, a quote from Jerry, we only have one life and it is too dang short to live. It's stuck in a rut. It's just not worth it. So may as well take that leap of faith, make your own path and live the path you've always dreamed of living. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out this episode. Stay tuned for so many more great guests and interviews coming up soon. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to write a really quick review on the podcast so that it can continue to get shared with others. So may you go out there today, get unstuck, move beyond the rut, and go embrace this one beautiful life. Until next time. Bye.